Hi, I'm Jen. And I'm Trevor. And together, we're We're Occasionally Interesting, interesting. the podcast where a couple travels the world interviewing the most interesting people they meet along the way. Sometimes it will be sweet, often entertaining, rarely conservative, frequently informative, occasionally occasionally interesting. Occasionally interesting, occasionally interesting. Occasionally interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get back to your life story. So, okay. you were working for Levi Company, got fed up, fled to Mexico, didn't let them know. Oh yeah. Came came back, and uh, and had a renewed sense of purpose that you needed to do something more aligned with your values. Well, the the my. Um, being in so many different health food stores and, and my, my commitment to health foods. Fortunately, when I moved to South Dakota in Sioux Falls, they had a health food store in 1972 when I moved there, which is kind of unusual, mm-hmm. particularly for a state like that. Yeah. And so I was buying everything, and I was just committed to doing this. Once I, once I walked into a, a natural food co-op in 1970, after my girlfriend, the night before, I said, you eat this shit for <laughs> referring to what I was eating. Wow, you took that really well. You were like, "What do I eat this shit for?" And then you well, I said, went and I said, "What, what a new is there another? Yeah, is there an alternative?" She said, "Yeah, I'm gonna show you." And then she took me in. She said, "This is brown rice. This is what it looks like. The real rice in this whole wheat flour." I'm like, <laughs> wow. How, nobody told me about this. Wow. Yeah. What's going on? And and I said, "Yeah, this makes so much sense." And so then I committed in my consciousness, and then from then on I would just seek out that, and then I started seeking out alternative healing, seeing chiropractors and acupuncturists instead of doctors, and and just went the whole gamut for pursuing this, knowing that in my heart this is the way to way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I, uh, yeah, after I <laughs> left Levi's and traveled through Mexico with my Afro-American friend. Uh, it surprised everybody, black man and a white man traveling together back there in the early 70s, mm-hmm. all over Mexico. And we were playing music everywhere we went. Nice. Uh, he, he, he's a great drummer. I just had a tambourine. <laughs> but everybody really enjoyed us. And so finally I came back and, <clears throat> yeah, and I'd um, already spent much of my money from Levi's from my pension plan. and. Uh, so I started looking around, and then I hooked up with the uh, youth drop-in center. Did that, and uh, after that, uh, yeah, I looked around. I, I thought, oh, I really like to get in the natural food industry. And so I'd interviewed in 1979 for a company, uh, and nobody, and uh, there was no slot available. So now it's 1981, and I called up the same company, and I said, can I speak to the president so-and-so? And he said, oh, he doesn't work here anymore. Oh, oh God. And, and what's your name? I said, oh, it's John Schmidt. He said, oh, that sounds familiar. And just, just a minute, she goes and comes back, and she says, I have your resume here with a note from the president that if ever in the territory would open up, that we should give it to this person. Oh, wow. And it said, this one is for Kansas City. And I said, do you know that area? And I mentioned up 10 natural food store names right away. And they said, oh my God, you know this better than we do. And so I was hired and, uh, and had my, started my career in the natural food industry with a distributor, natural foods, uh, carrying about 6,000 items now. Now they carry about 40,000 or something. Yeah. And uh, enjoyed it, and went to a show, and said, "Hmm." And then I moved to Houston, and I was in a macrobiotic household, so I was learning about macrobiotics, a Japanese form of uh, eating, and and um, and I met this man that uh, had a company in Asheville, North Carolina. Nice, uh, yeah. probably our favorite place in America. I called Grady Son and and I interviewed with him after just a year and a half or two years in the distributorship, and he said, yeah. Uh, I remember him saying, well, John, what's, what's your birthday? And I said, well, it's November 12th, 
And he said, uh, and, and I gave him all the information, he said, okay, well, you're, you're Scorpio. And I said, yeah, I'm a Scorpio, the Taurus, Moon, Aquarius, Rising, uh, three planets in Gemini, da 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 He said, all right, you're hired. <laughs> you're my kind of guy. <laughs> this is all how spirit really intervened in my life. And I uh, started to work with him, and that was really good. And then, while I was with him, I met a man named Bob Stevens, who wrote this book and had this whole um, system of upgrading language called conscious language. And I studied with him, and the what I learned from there was my own unconscious mind was sabotaging some of what I was doing. I was thinking, oh, I could... Uh, Maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that. Oh, you can't do that, John, or that can't. And so I just went from I can't to I I can, or I choose to. Or just from reading this book that I brought have, your awareness yeah, from to? Yeah, with taking the course with him, taking a course with him. And, and, uh, and, and it was tough, because it was right back then, it was like shifting this whole paradigm within your mind of how to talk, but it's really about talking your own internal... Uh, internal dialogue, not as much outside, but that comes as a result of inside. And so I said, I can't do this, I will do this. And so I created my own company called Sunbelt Organics in 1987. And uh, the course was definitely an impetus for me to have the courage to create this and, and, and know inwardly it will succeed. Because like, John, everything you've done, you've been successful. Why wouldn't this be successful? Well, I'm doing this all by myself. So I know, well, why don't you just attract all the appropriate people which will help and sustain you in, the, in your business? And I thought, okay, I'll do that. And uh, I, one by one, I was bringing new people in, and they would just miraculously appear, the p- perfect person for the perfect position, you know, one to be the administrative uh, the head of administration, one to be sales manager, one to be wow. salesperson in Arkansas, one to be in Texas, Houston, Dallas, all the key markets, until I had 12 people working with me, and uh, then eventually 18 over a period of 12 years. And then uh, in about 19, 1997, I created the company in 87, I decided, ah, I'm successful enough, I'm going to go to take a sabbatical and visit my friend Brian in Thailand, the one that lives a minute away from me. And so I did, and I visited him in Phuket, and I lived together there for four or five months with him, and he said, I love Thailand. <laughs> I'm coming back here. I'll go back to America, sell my company, and um, sure enough, I a good one of the, the uh, this Sunbelt Organics was a brokerage, natural food brokerage. We represented companies. You probably heard them: Arrowhead Mills, yeah, 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 Spectrum, mm-hmm. Oils, uh, Cascadian Farms, First Best Baby Food. These are all, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of my all fa- of, favorite brands. And, and, but I was specialized in all the organic ones, which mm-hmm. nobody had done before. So That's anytime awesome. organic came, they said, oh, you better call John Schmidt. He can take. What does a brokerage mean? I don't know. What a brokerage is, uh, you, I represent all these different companies uh-huh. uh, who can't afford to have a full-time sales uh, rep oh, in cool. every part of the country. Mm-hmm. So they, I work on a 5 to 10% commission mm-hmm. and have a group, and we do all that kind of work in the merchandising and the system and marketing <clears throat> and get a good placement, establish relationships with the buyers, etc. And it all worked out really, really well until we, um, yeah, until I went to Phuket and said, oh, I think I'm ready to retire. And uh, so I came back and I met my a friend of mine who was also in the same business. And we'd go to these meetings and we'd always show up in the same meetings, like from Spectrum or for Arrowhead Mills. And I said, hmm, Bill. This, this, the, the amount of people we share in terms of clients, this looks like a possible merge for you and I. And he said, 
Yeah, I can see. I can see that. And he said, "Actually, John, I just do buyouts. I don't do mergers." <laughs> and I said, "That's even better." Wow. Because <laughs> I really had decided to get out. That was serious that synchronicity. Mass market was coming in really strong and really, to me, tainting the industry, mm-hmm. just with all money. With money, you know, you you want to put your stack of grocery on the end cap that'll be ten thousand dollars. You know, stuff that never did in the natural food industry. And I said, it's just a good time to exit. Yeah. You can still practice eating well and teaching people, etc., but get out of the, the man- madness myself. And so that's when I sold my company in 2000 and uh, decided to take a trip around the world one or two times and, and end up in Thailand. And I did. But first... <laughs> I met some friends and joined a group called the Living Tarot. The Living Tarot. 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 And uh, people pronounce it different. And um, we had a group of 12, 14 of us that were all uh, representing the major arcana. And we would go find a yoga studio or some event, uh, Burning Man, uh, Rainbow Gatherings, and we'd go perform in, in front of them. Uh, they, uh, we had a goddess who would ask people, uh, uh, "What's your question? You know, what's your question? Oh, where's my divine partner? How come he hasn't shown up yet? What's 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 the what, what should I do for work? I don't know." And we said, "Okay, we'll, we'll look at where you've been, where you are now, and what your future looks like, and we'll do this through major arcana." And so we call up the three different things and one person would come on and say well this represents the, the uh, hermit this is where you, where you were in the past you really inwardly and, and uh, now the, the present is you're ready to magician you're ready to create new things and so we, we traveled around America for the, the west coast for five months until 9-11 oh wow yeah and then uh, we actually did something incorporating 9-11, which was quite emotional yeah, for everybody. Um, and then it was time to, to go. And we'd done this all in a, a 1964 MCI bus that we bought and, and took out the seats and made them into bunks. So we could all this sleep on awesome. the bunks. And this is like our happy dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Staying in the national forests. Oh my God. And uh, just living a really fun life. And then I came back and, and started my journey around the world, got to Thailand, and um, got here on a retirement visa. And right away I began looking for alternative health people and uh, where, the, where the natural food stores, and uh, just diving back into this. And I started giving talks on conscious language at the different yoga studios and talks on health and nutrition and um, really enjoying being in Chiang Mai with a beautiful international community uh, which is the, one of the really, really amazing things about this that the amount of people that we meet from all over our world mm-hmm. with similar vibration uh, it's been it's so much fun Yeah, I mean Austin's got some pretty you know, Austin that I think it's, the, you see bumper stickers everywhere, keep Austin weird. Yeah. They've been very successful. <laughs> and Austin is very, very wonderfully weird, uh, um, beautiful place to live, also where I enjoyed that, that um, 15 years that I was there. Wow. And so here in Chiang Mai, yeah, as I've been, I've, I've been teaching and, and coaching and talking about people, how simple upgrades in your language can might be the trajectory that changes your life entirely. Can you share some of those simple language accidents? <laughs> yeah. Some very simple ones are, uh, I eliminate the word spend in my life, okay? Interesting. Spending money, spending energy, spending this, spending that, uh, the letting go, and I substituted invest, and I only use invest. 
even if it's investing in a native drinking tequila. <laughs> you know, that it's, it's, it's a good, in, a good investment to start with, and then the next day, it, it, yeah, reflection, it wasn't maybe the best investment. But to look at it, everything is an investment, and something that I'll get something in return, rather than spending my money on college, and no, oh, might have been a waste of time. You know, this, and it's all unconscious, your unconscious mind working over time. Mm-hmm. Um, Talking about what can't happen instead of what can happen and will happen. If you so you just don't use can't. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't use the word cannot actually uh, very often at all. Um, that's about speak, talking about what you can do rather than what you can't. Some I, I might say. Um, are you really happy today, John? Well, I am other than happy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't say no. I'm, I, I, or I would say, uh, actually, I'm saddened. Yeah, and and it's about feeling too, because this is a heart language, speaking from our hearts rather than from our mind. If you speak from your heart, you don't have to think about what you're saying. Isn't that profound? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what one of the messages I have, and um, also just to listen, be very conscious about my words and, 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 and what words I'm saying. Um, the simple ones were like you can always use and instead of but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can do this, but, but uh, you're really beautiful, but that dress isn't uh, really <laughs> help you at all. Uh, you're really beautiful, and that uh, uh, dress is uh, looks really good on someone else. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think I could do a better job than that. Um, but other upgrades are I can, I am, I will, I choose, I love, I create, I enjoy. When you start out any sentence with that, you've got a winner. Uh, the One of my pet peeves is the people that have infused the word like uh, in every fifth word that they say. Like what, if I'm talking like this is really a nice interview, but like I don't know if I'll have breakfast after this, but like I'm going to see my friends and like they're really cool. And they don't even realize they're saying it anymore. And it all started out as a valley girl thing. And yeah. This is, when we were in middle school, there was monetary fines for saying, like, excessively. You had to give a nickel if you, if you did a presentation or any type of speaking in class, and you said an excessive like. Wonderful. Wonderful. Somebody was really aware. <laughs> yeah, so... Or just annoyed. <laughs> I don't know how conscious it was. Annoyed, yeah. The, the other is that uh, we speak of feeling a lot. We'll say, oh, I feel like, I feel this, I feel like I'm going to, and this is really, uh, like is not a feeling. Mm. Okay, so generally I, I uh, suggest to people that when they say the word feel, that they have a, a word of feeling afterwards. Okay, I feel Makes sadness, sense. I feel saddened, I feel joy, I feel excitement. Uh, I think I'd definitely say I feel like because it, it yeah. seems like it softens the feeling and also detaches it from me to some extent, so I'm not fully responsible for it. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So it's feeling like means that maybe you're not feeling, actually. Yeah. And, and so it's the serious part of it is when people, this is their life story, and they can only tell, I, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like, that. The, and when you see the, the uh, distress they're going through, you can see that they're supporting that with their language constantly, with their unconscious language. I feel like, yeah. And again, if if, if it slides by and you can and it work, still works for you, yeah, okay. But for many people, it's not really working for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other one is the uh, I. Uh, this, that, them, those, the, are words of external words. Okay. Interesting. My, uh, my, our, yours are more inter- are inclusive. How do you make the inclusive? How do you make it inclusive? Yeah. You, generally, you don't have to use it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a or an or... Um, there are ways that... Once you, st- once, once you begin to use this and you, you say those words, it's, it's not terrible. It's just that you're... Uh, a, word, uh, a language from the heart is, is more inclusive when you say um, my wife rather than the wife. 
Okay, which some people actually say, which some men actually say the wife. Yeah, for sure. With their little thumb going that way. Yeah, but it, it sometimes reflects a disconnection that they have mm-hmm. from, from their partner. Um, and uh, again, that's just a whole language that slips out. Is They don't really, they're really not aware of this. When I went through the many, many classes with Bob Stevens on conscious language, people would come up and they'd, the whole world, the whole class would end up crying <laughs> very soon because they're all seen, because they're also um, great empathy because they see that's something that part of their life also, or someone close to them, that their sister or something has all these problems. And many of our problems are just language, our own language beating ourselves up rather than voting our victory. That's a good one I like a lot, a lot too. Uh, when, when I talk. Okay, uh, Nick is going to talk now. Let's everybody vote his victory in expressing that which he desires to share with us. Um, there's so many ways that we can support each other in our language so so easily. And, um, yeah. Ask me another question. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, E-Prime? Yeah, Robert Anton Nelson and... Um, E crime. E crime. English prime. Wait, what? What was the other? Alan Watts. Alan Watts and Robert Anton Wilson talk about. Alan Watts. Yeah. 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 Uh, he was kind of the originator of this uh, language, and then Robert Anton Wilson took it and uh, made established more rules and wrote more mm. on the subject. But essentially, uh, what like undeniable facts speak language in English, so... There's certain things that, like, you should eliminate from your vocabulary, such as, like, the word is. Since everything is subjective to everybody else, then we are all... We all have our own reality tunnels. For me to say that something is, is sort of denying that fact. And so those subtle sort of changes in your vocabulary, you can, you can shift your reality to either be more inclusive of other people's perspectives. Yes. Um, you know, it's yeah. like, and I, like a simple example that sort of doesn't do the whole idea justice was be like, I could say this table is, you know, a meter and a half. But what would be more accurate to say is like, when I measured th- this table with this measuring device, the result was that it was a meter and a half. And that way, like, so because like, how we measure things like your eyes are different than my eyes so when you measure something it's going to be different than when I measure it and accounting for that in the way that we speak uh, in all these sort of subtle ways changes the way that we we see our own realities and accept other people's realities and they came up with a whole way of speaking it's English prime Um, I'm speaking in a way that sort of accounts for all of this oh. it sounds like a lot of it sounds kind of like a more um, scientific less emotional version of nonviolent communication um, yeah. speaking in a, a way that is pretty much impossible to be triggering yeah it's, a, it's a, yeah it's not yeah. It's, there's no accusation there's no there's no blame there's no whatever shared responsibility it's just a evaluation of observable things yeah, 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 and it's it's when when you use the, the latter um, example, it was much more specific. One of the things about conscious language is first person, here and now, the only time there is um, specific and spoken with feeling. And uh, we would have classes actually. I would have whole classes where we could we would only speak conscious language, u- utilizing those. Tough. <laughs> yeah. Tough to do. <laughs> right. Just to be the, the one here and now, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, because we have a tendency, you know, you hear the expression, somebody says, everyone knows. You don't know everyone. Yeah. I mean, you just started out with a lie and two words already. What, yeah. what else do you have to say? Absolutely. And I, and I kid people about that. And I say, you liar. Yeah. yeah, this one that's really, I, I really try to catch myself with knowing that it's considered very violent communication to use words like never, always, right. everyone. And you do catch yourself, you don't try. Try to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Our unconscious mind doesn't understand try. You never did this before, probably. Yeah, but yeah, you, you, you do it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. I think another fun one to experiment with is uh, 
never like um, well he was, he was saying that he experiment that Robert Anton Wilson did was he was trying to never use the word I so mm-hmm. like I did this or I did that and so he would like and in the way that he writes in the book he'd refer to himself as, as sort of a different and say like the shaman referring to himself in this particular situation as the shaman did oh. thought this or yeah. the, skeptic the, the, thought the materialist this. thought this or the skeptic thought this yeah. as a different way of describing himself or, and relating to himself in his spoken words and, yeah. and, and how that reflects and changes your reality is yeah. also as also very difficult to uh, try just to even remember to do it just to <laughs> yeah. see if it has an effect on your own psyche was <laughs> yeah we all wanted to do an experiment for we didn't where we didn't say I for a week and then we kept on postponing uh, when we would do this because we were like well we have this social event coming up and just like how are we going to navigate speaking to new humans being this unusual yes but we should really <laughs> maybe for yes. a Christmas party <laughs> well, not to say I. and we prefer human beings over human doings <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah I remind people too that you are actually a human being you just happen to think that you're a human doing all the time and all that doo-doo what good is it doing what good is it anyway <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> Yeah, so as long as we can make this fun and you're not insulting people, it's it's good. And it's it's a little dangerous for people when they first start out, when they just learn a few things and they're trying to teach somebody. Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah, yeah we've also you know, read about radical honesty and toyed with that idea and trying to find, like, wh- yeah, where's the line between being really authentic and yes. vulnerable versus being an asshole and yes. <laughs> cruel, you know? Yeah, yeah. well, Brad Blanton is a friend of mine. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah he, he hung around Austin. And nice. uh, after I read his book, I said, this is it. Okay, now <laughs> I'm really going <laughs> to just speak this way. It does sound like he takes it a little bit to the asshole side of that. <laughs> exactly. You know? I mean, but... That dress, that sucks. <laughs> I can't believe you're wearing that. <laughs> but I do believe that if everybody everybody adopted it, that it would be a much better system. Right. We would all yeah. recalibrate. It's but just being that we're one so... person doing it right. in a group yeah. of people who don't even know that you're doing it, right. I would imagine could have a very adverse reaction. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I support you for taking things personally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that would get you smashed. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So the language thing... Uh, it's best if it's it's done in fun and also in, in, that you're you're voting person's victory when you're doing this because you're showing them an upgrade uh, of what they're saying already and said oh this oh yeah oh thanks John and even I mean if you to, to use the word uh, try you can use just even say an attempt because I taught my yoga teacher this I've got a private yoga teacher um, and she was we well, tried this I said. Try doesn't work, especially in yoga. Just say, do it. Yeah. And either they're going to do it or they're not going to do it. But if you say try, you're giving them an excuse right away Mm. to do less. And she said, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Now she's reading this book. (laughs) She says, you changed my life in a good way. And, um, but she was ready for all this. Yeah. And so this, yeah, as we, as we listen to our language, we, we find, words and we said, wow, uh, I just said that word and, and um, hmm, it doesn't, it, what, what I conveyed is not really what I desired to convey. I desire to convey this. Okay, let me think, how can I say this another way? Yeah. And, and if we look at the possibilities for ourselves, that we can, there's almost always a time that we can speak about what's true for our life rather than what's not Without, you know, avoiding reality and without, like, uh, oh, your house is burning down. <laughs> like, uh, how do you feel? <laughs> well, I feel specifically, I've got to get a hose right now. <laughs> it, it's fun. And it, it's constantly reminding me, too, when I go to a natural food store or, or in a grocery store that's not a natural food store. I'll grab something. It's, oh, pretty packaging. Oh, John, is that your highest choice? Is that your really hardest choice? Is that going to support your body? All right, all right. 
Don't you feel? I mean, I, I'm a graphic designer, and I've been mostly a graphic designer for the natural foods industry my whole career. Um, oh, really? So I feel like the packaging of the most organic things are the ones that typically resonate with me because, of, well, that's always the aesthetic that yeah I'm drawn to and the aesthetic that I try to. Oh, you did, create. yeah. <laughs> you did. Uh, oh, for the natural food industry, mm-hmm. like for specifically for some companies, or mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I've I've worked for a variety of natural food companies. Um, I worked for Trader's Point Creamery for two years. They were always at the Baltimore okay. Expo. Uh, they've been around for around thirty years. They do yeah. all a hundred percent grass fed organic dairy, and they're the only national distributor of like individual milk and glass products. Yeah, and yeah. All of this stuff. Um, so I, yeah, I did all of their you know design and packaging and graphic design. And then well, right before we came to Thailand, I was working for Whole Foods as a graphic designer when they got bought out by Amazon and mm. uh, they laid off all of their artists and marketers. And uh. so that brought us to Thailand, which is good. But uh, it was I mean I was at Whole Foods for two years, and in the two years I was there, it changed so drastically. It was crazy. Like yeah. the first two months I was there it was like really beautiful and, and hands-on and like really creating a, an aesthetic and and being a community staple and like by the third month it was <laughs> becoming so corporate and mainstream and being like the artists weren't allowed to do anything unique anymore and it just kept on getting more streamlined until we were entirely replaced by computers yeah. the bottom line and everything yeah and I was working in the very initial days of Whole Foods in 19... 19- 82 actually when I worked for a distributor and, and called upon them and then in, when I started my own company in 87 and John Mackey is a friend of mine okay, um, a CEO of all this CEO founder yeah he um, and he has a sports weekend every weekend a sports weekend every sports weekend, weekend out on his ranch outside of um, okay. Austin and I've been going to for about 12 years or so <clears throat> where we, everybody plays, we play 10 different sports, yeah. softball and volleyball and uh, frisbee, frisbee golf and, and uh, nice. horseshoes and what's this, cornhole? Yeah. That one, that's everybody, <laughs> last time when everybody playing cornhole, everybody else, is <laughs> well, everybody's getting older too. <laughs> so baseball doesn't, softball doesn't work quite as well in basketball. But we all have, we always have lots of fun. He creates vegan food for the whole group. And yeah. I mean, I love the origin story of Whole Foods and, like, the early years of Whole Foods. And definitely, but it's, uh, it's I mean, I don't know the last time you were back in America, but it's really, really changed. Yeah. And I say John Mack is a friend of mine. He's not somebody I would pick as a friend. <laughs> uh, he's just somebody a, who happened to know repeatedly. He's a too harsh and, and skeptical for me. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, but he's somebody that uh, I admire for what he's he's done. He woke up people yeah, much absolutely. quicker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, providing more choices. And, and uh, yeah, a lot of people had a sweet little deal before he came along. You know, like, oh, this is just, just rolling along real nicely. <laughs> and boom. Um, so I really admire and honor him for, for his contribution there. And his wife, too. His wife is beautiful, beautiful woman, Deborah. And all the people that he hired were, uh, all of his relatives were really nice people too. <laughs> he did mm-hmm. few, have a few relatives in there. Nice. And that was partly because of, uh, um, yeah, a little bit of fear that people would not do him well if he, if he didn't have them in rain or he didn't know them. And it always goes back to something, and John admitted when he was young, he, a bunch of people beat him up. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, he had this little scaredy of people that just came into his life. So he had this whole thing going on, and he didn't, he hadn't recognized fully. Um, but he did that day. <laughs> yeah. So he, yeah, he's, he 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 built a a good little machine for everybody, and then it got the same reason I got out of the. Industry when it just got too mass market. Yeah, I think he their consciousness was moving a little more like mass market. Absolutely, no longer the laid back, yeah, uh, fun hippie type experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's hard to find 
yeah, you and I are very similar. Trevor's definitely gotten to experience as long as we've been together. Every time we go to a new town, a first point of interest is like, is there a co-op here? Like, what's the natural food store the moment we get somewhere? Uh, yeah, so yeah. This is how we have to explore and, and, and figure out, you know, do we like this place? Can we hang out here? So you know all of them here, which aren't that many. Yeah, day, day, day one in Chiang Mai, like full of jet lag, whatever. We went to the one south of the moat right next to the Hedgehog Cafe. I was just like, this was the first thing that came up. I don't even know what its name is. I've only been to it twice, I think. Okay. But it, it wasn't that great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were, Have yeah. you been to Royal Project? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, and we actually, you've we been to, to Aggies, Aggies across the Aggies Health? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, it, she carries stuff that I've never seen anywhere else before. Nice. And it's kind of impressive. Yeah. Um, what's not impressive is they're doing a lot of people that are coming out with stuff and you, there's no ingredients. It's like a chocolate chip cookie. Well, I'd, I'd like a little, is that 3% sugar or 13% sugar? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, give them subtle reminders about that. And I've done a, little, a lot of free consulting for all those stores. Yes. Just for my own benefit. <laughs> yeah. Can you carry this? Can you carry this? Can you carry this category, please? You know. Probably uh, to thank for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was really hard at first uh, to find anything organic. Um, you know, I think I, I had maybe this romanticized idea, especially like of going getting the pie, of of what the produce there was going to be, mm. and then living in, in in the rice fields, watching them spray everything oh. without masks on, and I'm just like. <sighs> Then finding out that like even in like the the local marts that everything was coming from China, it was like it just kind of burst a bubble that was that was there, and then you know it took us a while to find distributors that we felt like we could trust. Yeah, and then you got in, you, you said, well, we'll do this some of ourselves by iHerb. Yeah, iHerb. I mean, do you use Vitacost also? No. No. Okay. Yeah. But I, you know, they have, it's like, what, a three pound weight limit to ship to Thailand? Like Four it's, pound. It's crazy. And yeah. Vitacross is even less at 3.6. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. I never understood the, uh, the mechanic, the, the market of that. Like, why, why would they, why would they put a weight limit on? Do you, do you have any insight? Oh, it's not, it's not them. It's the, this is the deal they cut with customs. Entirely. Oh, it's a customs yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. They cut a little better better deal than Vitacos. They have three point six. Oh, wow. I, I think they could get to four, and they don't realize it. And it's also fifty dollars is the limit, fifteen hundred baht. Um, okay, so how how do you feel like um, the your your connection to natural food opened up your path to want to connect with all of these other aspects of life? What was, it that, what was it about food that opened that you know? Yeah, well, one of the things is, is opening up the food means you're, you're seeing certain stores and you, you're seeing a group of different, different group of people. Mm-hmm. You meet other people that are doing something similar. And so it took me into a different direction and then I, that took me into also uh, spiritual, spirituality uh, in the sense of um, enhancing where I was already. I met a woman that in Houston, Texas, that had a natural food store, um, and uh, she was actually she became my spiritual guru, yeah, yeah, for a while. And I'll <clears throat> tell you the rest of the story at some point. But uh, she she translated. She uh, transitioned uh, uh, about nineteen no eighty three. She was in my life for five, just five months. It did a whole flip for me. That, that I uh, learned so much from her uh, about really um, connecting connecting with my God and uh, before she uh, left and she left um, with a request to uh, change her contract with God okay and I, I feel complete here at age 33 doing all that I've done and I'm ready to move on I've checked with my boyfriend and he's okay with this. And uh, <clears throat> shortly after that, uh, a truck hit her car. Wow! And uh, it was all—it's all planned out. It's all planned out. That's and, and, I'll, and I'll just say that five years later, she came back into my life literally through another person, hmm. like the booty ghost. If you saw that, yeah. Same thing. 
Yeah. So I'll tell you that one in detail sometime. <laughs> That's, right. That's juicy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she had a huge influence on me. Um, not as much because she owned a health food store, because I was already into that in 1983, um, but th- that she took me to different levels of awareness that I hadn't experienced before. Yeah. Did you feel immediately like, ingratiated with this group of other people who were interested in the same thing? So was there any point of being in this path where you felt more like an outsider and a weirdo? Oh, yeah, no, I've never felt that way. Um, That's nice. <laughs> huh? That's nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, no, because I was really firm on what I was doing, who I was being, and where, what direction I was going, and what I was offering to others. And if they, if they desired to receive that, great, and if they didn't, there was someone else that would. I started on this path when I was seven, so I was a bit extreme, and um, yeah, the, the first graders didn't understand why I was just moaning on about the horrors of factory farming, and I'll tell you this. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> yeah, but it definitely made me a, an outcast weirdo, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's, but, but you good. tipped your toe in the water yeah. and said, oh, this is not so bad, and I'm, I'm unscathed from all those remarks. I can do this again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, same. I felt I felt very firm and solid, and uh, like from that, it was so obvious that my purpose on Earth was to use my tools of communication to spread the word about about food and happiness yeah. and their relationship. Yeah, and, yeah. It's been a yeah, yeah. I had a calling from since first grade. <laughs> Yeah, so, that's nice. Yeah, I, I've been reminding lately people here, you know, that food equals ingredients. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, ice cream is not ice cream; it's sugar and dead milk, and you know, I go and say what ice cream truly is. Yeah. And there's food, and there's food products. Yeah. I say this very simply with people. Banana, that's food. Okay? Ice cream, cookies, pasta, those aren't foods. Those are names of food products. I mean, it's something that people actually forget. And they maybe they never knew that explanation. They hadn't heard that explanation before. But it, it's it pretty profound for people that way. I'm also interested in Western astrology, Chinese astrology, numerology, um, Mayan astrology, anything astrology. I've been studying astrology since for about 50, 60 years. Wow. Yeah. Hey, do you know anything about Sirius or uh, 23? Sirius? Sirius, the, the star. Oh, I don't. Do you? Well, we just in this book that we were just reading by Robert Anton Wilson, um, it's called A Cosmic Trigger, and the whole thing is written. Uh, very indirectly, where like the whole thing is an, al- an al- allusion to something, where he's not saying exactly what it is, mm-hmm. but he's talking a lot about uh, Sirius and Siri- the the dog star. Yeah, and it's a very interesting book. I totally recommend it. It's, it's very hard to describe since it's a uh, written so unconventionally. Yeah, and it does feel like it's always alluding to to this sort of magical world that's you have to be able to interpret correctly in order to really understand. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing said it as directly. Um, and we got, we got to, he continuously references this star. And then we were doing our own sort of quest one evening. And we were on our balcony looking up at this one star and it was twinkling like red, blue, green. And we were like, that has to be Twinkling, twinkling doesn't like, even describe I mean, yeah, what it's like, doing. Just like, I mean, like, just... I mean, and not just like like... Like different colors, like blues, greens, reds, oranges, yellows, and I'm like, I, I will bet money that that is the star that they have been referencing in this book. That is just two. There's, the, I feel the synchronicity, and sure enough, we looked it up with the Google Phone Maps app that you can see all the stars with, and wow. it was serious, twinkling yeah. there, talking to us. In all moment. those different colors, you saw. I was, I mean, it was. And we've I seen wonder if you think that was just for you. <laughs> 
I, yeah, definitely. We thought. I've, I mean, we. Were, I had never noticed it before, and now, at the, and when we were there at the right time, when it's low in the horizon, every time we can see it now, it's 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 definitely. And it was right when we finished this book, and we were asking the author to communicate with us. Yeah, know, we were like, sent us messages. Clearly, could any of this be true? And then all of a sudden, we see this star that's just like yelling at us, like, "Yes, it's it's all real. Yeah. It's all there." Like your star imitation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. It was so synchronistic. It was. Uh... That's beautiful. It, it, uh, Abigail and I experience in our living room in our conversations. If somebody say, says something really profound, the light will blink. Wow. And it, it, if something is not so good, the light will go off and stay off for a while. So we've got these lights that speak to us, and their Kashuk record told us, "No, you." Your electrical system here is very much alive. <laughs> say, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. So I am seeing a mammoth amount of synchronicity in my life daily. Yes. Daily. It's, I, I almost said it's only unbelievable, but it's, it's so believable. <laughs> okay, because this is how life can and should, will be, I think. Yeah, that we, we have all this synchronicity, all these miracles happening. Sometimes we recognize them, sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. And yet they are there if we look. And then constantly this is going on in my life. And everybody around me says, wow, I just ran into so somebody. I can't believe I saw them. I haven't seen them in years. And, and yeah, and, and, but more and more things happen. Something happens to my car, something happens to my motorbike, something happens constantly looking like spirit is always with us. If we just pay attention and, and don't think, oh, that's hogwash, that's not for me, that I don't deserve that. No, we all deserve that. Yeah, we're all meant to shine as children do. Yeah. One of the most interesting things I got out of reading this book and the way Robert Anton Wilson talks about these different perspectives of him is feeling like uh, coming to terms with the idea that perhaps maintaining any idea of myself as a skeptic is just my ego's biggest trick of being like that I have absolutely driven so much pride and ego throughout the years of being like, well, I don't believe in something and being like, what, what is that? What is that for? Why, why would I extract pride out of that or seek to seek intentionally to not believe in something so that I appear more knowledgeable than other people. And yeah. yeah, just really realizing what a silly trick I've been playing on myself for my whole <laughs> life. Um, it, is, it is, I mean, I, it, not, that I, not that I've necessarily eliminated that. It's definitely still something that I, I feel like my default is to kind of feel like, but mm-hmm. try to... Yeah open up to things and acknowledge that it's all it's all illusions and I'm creating it <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah I liked when recently that I was um, uh, astrology was on uh, a show talking about something uh, she wrote the book you don't really believe in astrology do you forget the name of her but she somebody would say oh I don't believe in astrology I said well do you believe in French? <laughs> French? Yeah, I don't speak much French. Well, it's a language. Astrology is a language. It's not a belief system. That's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said it's you know it's three thousand, four, five thousand years old. How old is a language? You know, and 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 I'll, and I'll say, it's just a whole new awareness to just open people up every possible way it's lots of fun yeah yeah that's a great not way always lots to of classify fun, it yeah. I like that, that especially it resonates people. much better with me than that yeah yeah, yeah. so what, what's your may I ask your son sign uh, Sagittarius my birthday was last week oh that's right uh, December 3rd yeah. and Leo oh perfect fire <laughs> fire <laughs> yeah but, uh, we don't we don't know much of like, uh, I mean uh, some Learning a little bit through reading and friends in the last year or so, but uh, and you know your moons and rising and all this stuff, or no? 
no, I think Ruan's girlfriend has just researched us and, and, and told us, but I already don't remember. <laughs> oh. Okay. I also recently tried to find out when I was born, and neither of my parents could remember. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't remember if it was like right after midnight. How about or morning or afternoon? <laughs> yeah. Was it? Well, that's the problem. Is they don't know if it was really early in the morning on the fourth or really late at, in the evening on the fourth. Oh, so it, it's yeah. like it's one of the polar opposite. I don't know if that matters. I don't know which way it matters. Like, yeah. it matter if I was born. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, we can figure it out. But it has been pretty wild. Everything, every time we have delved into this, how ridiculously accurate things have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Abigail and I are both really into it, so we'd be happy to uh, take a look at everything and right. show you some amazing. How about Chinese astrology? Definitely don't know anything about. Or actually, no. Wait, wait. Again, Ruan's girlfriend just looked into this, and he's like field, 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 or something like that. I don't. Know, I can't remember. Yeah. The, wait, wait, I can't remember any of the words. Do you remember what it's called? Jing, Jing, chat. What? What's what's your animal? You don't you know? Or what, uh, no. What's your your? snake. 89, 77, 65, snake, yeah, yeah. And you? 89. 89. Oh, a couple of snakes. Yeah, <laughs> very wise. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Very nice, yeah. <laughs> um, so all of this it interests me, and like I said, I'm in the beginning, I'm a dilettante. I like to study this and this and this and this. Yeah. And this one, ooh, this one refutes this one. Uh-oh. Okay, I'll go this one, this newer. <laughs> yeah. But uh, when I reflect on my life of 77 years, um, just a recent birthday, November 12th, and um, born six months after LSD was discovered. <laughs> Synchronicity. <laughs> I know I'm a baby. Can I be the first? <laughs> um, and when I, that I actually grew up in the 40s and 50s, which is just hard to describe. Not even worth it. <laughs> um, it was really challenging. It was. Uh, I, I didn't pay attention well in school at all. I was always dreaming about better things. Mm. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was uh, totally consumed by sports. That's what everybody. So many people were in in the fifties. We played one sport, you know, we played basketball. Okay, well now let's play some softball. Okay, let's later throw the football around. You know, so just all these different things. And it was really great because it, it was, we were really oxidizing ourselves a lot. And so we, we could get away with a poor diet because of mm-hmm. all the energy we were expending. When, it, keeping us, when yeah. exactly did the food industry start becoming so bleached, like... When yeah, Ta- when did tainted? we go away from the from the natural foods industry being the default? Was it? I mean, it was in the 1900s, right? Oh yeah, when it first started, you mean? When yeah, that we start first started having. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know the exact dates, but I've certainly always heard of it as kind of like supermarkets became a thing post World War II of when suburbs got so big, and that it was just like the more processed and, and commercial the food could be, oh. the more pride there was, like. TV dinners and oh, yeah, yeah. boxed mashed potatoes and all of this stuff. Well, I do, I do believe in some conspiracies. Yeah, and I, I believe that uh, this was, was uh, no accident. Yeah. That it was between the, the Rockefellers in America who had all the money, who created the first uh, medical school in the 1900s, and of course, appropriately, who created the first, first uh, hospitals hmm. and then the first pharmacies. Hmm. So the idea, you go in and see the doctor, you, know, you need to go in the hospital, okay, you need to take some pills and keep this thing. And then he got in to, um, together with the American Grocers Association. So if we, if you, I think if you use cheaper oils and cheaper salt and cheaper, and put in these ingredients, you'll preserve your food that much longer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll bring me that much more business. I don't know if you said that part. <laughs> But um, 
I don't think this is any accident that the direction that we went. Absolutely, I agree um, totally. Okay, okay. Um, I'm just wondering if you if you experienced the the whole process. Oh, so the, you know, I was growing up eating. Uh, Learning how to make Velveeta uh, green, uh, oh, cheese uh, uh, sandwiches, uh, toasted grilled sandwiches, and um, mm-hmm. eating. I remember those. Really, really, yeah. <laughs> but, but everything there was, my mother had cooked a nice variety of things, but it was still white rice and still uh, enriched noodles, and all the ingredients were not the highest. But again, the amount of sports we were playing was enough to. Assist us in moving that out, and then, as I said, in 1970, when the light came on, uh, there was no question in my mind. It was also at the same time that I was playing a little less sports and getting more involved into um, into food industry and uh, consciousness, etc. Yeah, so it all was kind of okay. I I do have empathy for people that grew up and, and did not have ways to, you know, either bicycling, whatever, to, to oxidize some of their stuff and just got nailed into computers and and, uh, and iPhones and stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I just hope that they're taking long walks or something to, to you know, get fresh air, to get grounded, something we it's not easy to do with all the cement in the world. Um, my father, we were, we, our house was like the hub for the neighborhood. Our whole group of friends. We had really a you know, open door policy. People would just show mm-hmm. up, you know. And we, were, we were. It was the beginning of like the real video game revolution. So of course we were playing a lot of video games. But after about you know maybe an hour or so, my father would come downstairs and yank the cord and say, <laughs> "Go outside and play." <laughs> and we went outside and we played, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. We had a nice balance between the two and. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm very thankful that he did that. <laughs> yeah, about yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that my parents uh, stayed together. Mm-hmm. That they Me stayed too. together for 60 years. My, yeah, yeah. My, I was born on my parents' anniversary. They were 45. Yeah, well, great. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that they did is the stability that that creates. Is, but yes, the stability that comes with, uh, especially like you know, in, in your childhood years. I mean, I can't imagine growing up in a place where it's a food desert, where you can't even have access to to, to even remotely healthy foods. You know, it's Taco Bell or forty five minute bus ride to the nearest grocery oh, yeah, store. Yeah. Like, and then combine that with the lack of any sort of sort of sort of social support network. Not even let alone like a two parent family, or you know, it's. It's, it's troubling, but hopefully there's yeah, yeah. good stuff on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm very thankful for that. And even though we had three boys, I was the middle. Uh, my older and younger were um, very conservative. I was the opposite. Bless Always you. getting in trouble. Getting home, um, coming home with a police escort many, many times in, in the 60s. Your son's been drinking again, drinking beer. I don't know where he's getting this beer. I was the only one that was fake ID. Uh, and um, so we would, it would happen, you know, like, okay, okay, thanks a lot. Um, but I was pretty wild. I actually, I totaled 10 cars, and I'm still here, wow. alive, with very, very, you know, little, uh, little damage. Yeah, <laughs> damage. And uh, I used to fall asleep driving. Uh, but back in the 50s and 60s, people parked, they had driveways and they had garages. Uh, now it's everybody's parking the street, so I would actually fall asleep and hit the curb and it would wake me up. Wow. And just, so, uh, countless times. Countless what do you times. think that was? This is, I know my uncle had a similar thing where it was like <clears> he <throat> had an hour and a half commute to work and he really hated his job and he kept on falling asleep at the wheel and I think like it being a subconscious thing to being like well, it was a combination of that and that I started uh, drinking beer when you grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin oh. started drinking beer when I was three Jesus. passed out at a party when I was four. Oh my god you know and, and, and that was a little wake up call <laughs> we can't just keep this pony beer here for everybody to come in all the kids I just happen to like the taste a lot um, so it was partially that, it was partially also the, the traveling 
at that time, we didn't have uh, superhighways, we didn't have freeways mm-hmm. in the city. It was all just stop sign, stop sign, stop light. So you're just saying so you were it, passing out just for being drunk? Well, it was, a lot of the stuff was, t- it was f- um, maybe 45 minutes to get home instead oh, of, it would be, now be 10 minutes. And so I would just get tired Sorry. after, because I'd work all day, and then I'd play sports, be in a basketball team, then I'd go drinking after that, go, go dancing, and then come home. And uh, it was just a huge combination until I finally hit a light pole and uh, woke up with my parents looking down and said, well, that's it. That, that, that really woke me up. They had to take something within me to wake me up, not from... Well, do you have the consciousness, or did you, I mean, did you change your habits? What's your relationship to drinking now? Yeah, I, 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 in Milwaukee, I lived, uh, University of Wisconsin is, was on the Lake, Lake Michigan, but I lived 40 minutes away, so I got an apartment, you know, closer. So that in itself helped a lot. You know, it's just that I didn't have all this way to go. And, uh... Somewhere I was becoming, I was actually growing up. Um, oh yes, I, in 19, I was a, uh, in the medical corps in the army. The, medical, the, the, the army woke me up in the sense of, if anybody needed some external discipline, it was me. Um, and uh, so I learned how to become a medic, and I, fortunately I played on the uh, championship softball team for the army, too. Oh, cool. And so my time there was six months, and then years of meetings, but that was enough uh, external discipline to help me find my own discipline within. Yeah. So it helped, it helped me grow up. I wasn't growing up fast enough. <laughs> so Spirit said, okay, we got another idea. <laughs> and uh, I also wish that there was a, an alternative to the military, um, because I feel like I would have benefited from a similar amount of discipline, but there didn't seem to be a, a structure. I was, I, for, for moral reasons, I, would, I was unwilling to join something like the military. But if there was something structured like that, that yeah. like the Army Corps of Engineers, where you could go and learn a trade and, and help and build something, but had the same sort of rigidity yeah. and benefits of, you know, here's a college education afterwards, here's, you know, you know I would have I signed up immediately as an 18-year-old because I knew that I needed some more structure than I was able to provide for myself um, and and I really had no access to a way to establish it you know, yeah. or at least that's how I felt you know um, and I was content not having so much responsibility at, at 18 as well yeah. but uh, it would have been nice I would like there to see there be created a, this type of thing like, like the army but yeah. with a different purpose yeah and this was in 1966 so it was time when Vietnam just started. People didn't really know what was going on. <clears throat> and um, it was uh, pretty radical for me the first day or so to have my head shaved. And uh, I, I didn't crack a smile for about a week. Mm. And uh, then I became a, a platoon leader uh, for some mysterious reason. Oh, we did some exercise that I... I was the best, and so he said, "Okay, you're going to be managing the platoon here." And um, and then and then this was some basic training, basic training, um, which was tough, but it was was uh, just learning about skills of survival, and then transferred into a medical unit and uh, learning about how to save lives. And I said, "Okay, I get called up to Vietnam. I'll be one of those medics." running somewhere else and get shot dead. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like most terrifying. Of yeah. But I thought, no, if, if that happens, it happens. And it didn't. And then it became... So you were deployed? Yeah, I wasn't deployed. And, uh, and then I, they had a new program for people that had degrees in psychology and medical related. They could get a direct commission. So I went from a private E2 to a second lieutenant skipping 15 oh, yeah. grades wow. and all of a sudden I'm in the first second lieutenant and first lieutenant in the army at that time I was a director of placement at University of Wisconsin and playing on basketball teams and stuff like that when I was about 23 and I thought oh wow 
I look back and say, just a few years ago, I was a mess. And here I am. Yeah. It's not a bad gig. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, very, very, very varied life I've had yeah. thus far. And, uh, and uh, variety is always fascinating to me. I, I haven't... I've been in many, many full-time relationships. Uh, I have not been married yet. Um, I say that, keeping it open, but uh, relationships of seven years, six years, five years, three years, two years, about six for one year, uh, and then time uh, relationship with myself, uh, which I honor also. And many times, it, lately, if I was leaving a relationship, I was leaving it to be more in relationship with myself uh, than looking for somebody new. It's more like, I need to, there's more work I require to work on myself. I went that direction. And with Abigail, we've been together eight years, and uh, we both just declared recently we're single, but we are going to live with each other. That's <laughs> just <laughs> Uh, it's just humorous what we're doing, but but it, look, whatever we're doing, it's working because we have tremendous love for each other and caring and appreciation. And uh, marriage is an external thing anyway. The, the real marriage is internally how you feel for each other. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think she, she desires to get married, even though her, both of her parents were pastors. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, she actually ditched. Uh, Christianity when she was about 19 in, in college and said uh, this is a little too much for me. And then actually I brought her back into spirituality in our relationship, ironically in a sense of just introducing to a different group of people and and, and introducing to health foods, natural foods uh, interested and in, I taught her how to speak without using the word like the first day I met her and uh, or back the first, the first, our first date. So I'm so so grateful for for our connection. Astrology doesn't look like it's supposed to work. We discovered recently that uh, we're twin flames. Do you know? Have you heard of that? Yeah. Yeah. There's twin flames. We're not supposed to be sleeping with each other. <laughs> Doing all this stuff. <laughs> I said, "Oops." <laughs> and um, so we're having lots of fun. Just reflecting on who we are and how we've evolved over the years. Nice. Yeah. You will enjoy her, I'm sure. I'm sure. Thank you again. Thank you so much. You're welcome. My pleasure. So much fun. Bye.